listening. Oh, I'm awesome. just kidding. Go ahead. I was going to let you go for it. Go for it. <laughs> no, that's okay. Go. Do you, you don't remember how to do the whole spiel? You're listening to the <laughs> Veronica Mars a zombie crossover spectacular. Close enough. I mean, you know. My name is Stephanie. Yeah, my name is Robin. This is a, a podcast for both our We Don't Want to Wait podcast and iZombie podcasts. And, uh, but, you know, we're, we're uh, I think, officially at this point, halfway through Veronica Mars. Oh, too bad. Yeah. It's getting good. It's getting good. And we are talking about what episodes? Ain't No Magic Mountain High Enough. Ain't no Ver- magic. Oh, sorry. Versatile Toppings. Mm-hmm. The Quick and the Wet. Quick and the Wet. And that's all you watched? Yes. We'll see. Yes. Uh, my husband is waiting patiently for me to get finished podcasting <laughs> so we can watch the next episode. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, your husband's waiting. Uh, so <laughs> let's start talking about Ain't No Magic Mountain High Enough, written by a friend of the show, uh, Diane Ruggiero. And yes, I told you, and I was right. It's uh, Veronica solves a mystery. Yeah, and it's pretty. It's pretty. Um, pretty much a bottle episode. Like it all happens in one spot. I no, do, I do like this. No, we do have the uh, the cook and. Uh, yeah, we have this random. We have, okay, let me, let me just do this uh, synopsis for anybody who is uh, who is who's like which one is that? Which I I've I've watched it before, but I'm listening to you guys because I haven't gotten it. It's not on Hulu yet, so I'm just listening along. This is the one. Uh-huh. Okay, at the Winter Carnival, the cash box with the money for the senior class trip is stolen, and Veronica must find it to clear her name. Meanwhile, Keith debates whether he wants to take Terrence Cook's case. Yes. So uh, let's just get the Terrence stuff out of here. I got to tell you, in these three episodes, the Terrence stuff was the stuff I was least interested in. Oh, well, but Keith makes it interesting with his, I'm trying to pretend to be a professional uh, private <laughs> yeah. eye, but really I'm geeking out over my favorite uh, <laughs> baseball athlete here. Yeah. I love how he kind of jokes that he wants to share a cold one with him and then and then afterwards we're going to go play catch. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, you know, I've got control of this situation. You have come to me and I get to tell you yes or no and you you have to meet my uh you know, criteria before I decide yeah. if and, and those will be you're going to ha- drink a beer with me or we're going to play catch. <laughs> So, like, pretty much this entire episode takes place at the carnival, but the but every once in a while, we that that was, I guess that was the thing that was kind of like, okay, we're not at the carnival anymore, where I want to be, uh, you know, um, and we're back, you know, just it's just Keith and Terrence having this conversation throughout the episode, and more and more is revealed. But I mean, we find out more about Miss Dumas. This character that is becoming so much more of a character than we ever thought she would. <laughs> she, she's so much more of a. Uh, what, what was it? Uh, she, well, she was being. She's Terrence is accusing her of having some sort of fatal attraction, uh, kind of. Okay, so Terrence has a fiance, right? And he was seeing Miss Dumas on the side, mm-hmm. and so she had. She knew that he had thrown a game, but we don't know this yet. Yeah, yeah. There. She knows things about Terrence. Well, and he's got a good motive to kill her if uh, 
it, it is yeah it is like it's like a crazy motive it's like it's like this is like the mid-season like we're just gonna throw this suspect in that i mean does would does anybody believe that terrence cook did this because i mean just the idea of Lamb is accusing him of putting, handing some student a a baseball with a bomb inside of it, <laughs> a baseball bomb uh, that you know to uh, that he called that he used his cell phone. That he used his cell phone. To call. Yeah, uh, but Lamb is so late. Like Lamb is like, yep, that's the that's our theory. That's what we're going with. That's that's our you know uh, that's it. Uh, Case closed. And because Lam- and because Lamb believes, yeah, because Lamb believes that it, it's like we're not going to believe this at all. Like so, it, so it's kind of like I don't know. We have more Terrence stuff over these next couple episodes, and like each one of them, I'm like, yeah, but Lamb believes it's Terrence, so it's definitely not Terrence. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right. So in this episode, we find out um, uh, at you know they. You know, Keith and Terrence hang out. They have beers. They, he talks about Mr. Moss. Uh, but at the end, Keith says he can't take his case. He's not being honest. And that's when he pulls out the recording that Veronica made. And uh, and Terrence. Yeah, it's like he gives Terrence a chance to to put it all out there. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Nope. Yeah. So the recording shows that he was he bet on baseball with the Fitzpatrick's and he had to throw a game. And uh, then Miss Dumas overheard it and blackmailed him. And um, and then Keith. I think the best part of this is Keith talking about how that game he missed and he actually felt bad because he's one of those people that watches baseball and is very superstitious about it. You know, you either wear the right pants or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't show up at the game. That's why they lost. It turns out that because Veronica got chicken pox. Yeah, and uh, but as it turns out, Terrence threw that game. So Keith is—I don't know—Keith feels like personally upset about this because you know he's a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does still. T- he says at the end he's going to take the case anyway because he knows that he wouldn't kill a busload of kids. He just doesn't believe it. Um, so there's that, uh, my next, mm-hmm. my next little subplot I wrote down is Beaver Bites Back. Um, and this is Beaver versus Dick, um, which is the title of my next sex tape. Um, your next sex tape. My next sex tape. That means there's more before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was cute. This was like surprise Mac and Beaver are dating. They're like holding hands. Beaver's all snuggly with that chick from Ghost World. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Dick is pretty gross with Mac about like uh, busting his brother's cherry and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. um, it talks all about his uh, slimy, sweaty hands mm-hmm. and just humiliates, just embarrasses him so bad in front of Mac. So uh, later we see Beaver and Mac looking at la- at a laptop, and there's some escorts, and we're like, okay, they're up to something. Like, yeah, what is? Yeah, it was like, what is going on? And then when it in the end, you're like, oh, you remember back to that scene? Yeah, and it all makes sense. Yeah, Dick finds an older woman in the parking lot after being rejected by Madison, and she, the older woman is all ready to you know do it with him, and uh, he goes into a truck with her. And that he jumps out and he's spitting and he's like, what was that? And all the students are like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and Dick is really grossed out and nearly punches his brother. And I'm just, I don't know. 
I may not live in the most progressive of small towns, but I'm quite – like, this whole like thing like perpetuates this whole myth where like tr- trans people are trans because they're trying to trap straight guys. You see? Yeah. There's no other reason why they'd want to dress up like a girl unless they're trying to fool you, you know? Yeah. It really, I don't know. Did you did you feel differently about this? Because I felt like oh, kind of oh, yeah. gross. <laughs> yeah, this episode and the next. One, yep, <laughs> it's like these are such. They're so dated. I, they're such relics of the past. Yeah. And, and icky, icky, icky. I mean, I would honestly love to ask Rob Thomas about this stuff, but I'd also feel like I don't know. I wouldn't want to be like accusatory. You know, I'm I'm sure. They had the best intentions back then. These are the kind yeah. of thoughts they would I do. If, yeah, I wonder if he watched it now, would he think, oh, my God, what were we thinking? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's more, you know, I'm sure they were, were thinking we trying, more Were they trying like, to be edgy? Were they trying to be, yeah, what were they trying to do with all this? Well, I think it's just like with Carmen's boyfriend that gets, you know, uh, his reputation ruined with that website. We see Carmen later. Mm-hmm. Um, like... It's as if the show is taking the stance of like, yes, you know, we accept, you know, gay and, and trans people, but we know also that these real a-holes, their yeah. worst nightmare would be to be thought of as gay or trans, you know? That's true. I guess that was just the world we lived in the, in uh, yeah. 2005. But at the end, I don't know, it's all that. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, when I was like a young kid growing up, like, and just hearing about, you know, trans people for the first time, that that was pretty much the filter I heard it through. Like, oh, they're just guys that want to dress up and they want to fool straight guys into sleeping with them. And luckily I, I matured and became a little bit more woke. But, you know, it's just kind of like when you see this stuff and, oh, and like one of your favorite shows, it's like, God, why did you have to do that? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, but also, okay, when um, Dick is over Beaver about to punch him, Beaver's like, uh uh, uh I remember. Mm-hmm. What did he say, Amy? Uh huh. Um, what does that mean? Can't tell you. I actually had, I had some trivia about that, but unfortunately I can't tell you about it yet, but I will. Okay. So we, we will find out, one. we'll find out more later. Well, you'll find out more later. Okay. Not that I'm saying I already know. I'm just saying there is a bit of trivia. Doesn't exactly explain on the show, but I will tell you about it later. Okay. Or off the phone call, I guess. Okay. <laughs> off the off the podcast because we've both seen this before. All right. So, uh, and yeah, and those who have no idea what we're talking about, I guess you'll have to wait uh, or look it up yourself, I guess. All right, so uh, Logan and Hannah. The, so Logan is flirting with a girl named Hannah, and she looks a lot like Veronica. <laughs> That's my first impression of Hannah. Do you think so? Oh, I, did, I didn't think so. She has that long, you know, straight blonde hair. Um, um, and honestly, I was like, is that the girl from You? <laughs> is that, uh, uh, what's her name? Did you watch You? Yes. The girl that uh, he, Joe becomes fixated on. I forget what her name is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not. But her name is her, this actress is named Jessie Schramm. I guess she did mm-hmm. a little Mad Men. Um, she was yeah. I, I feel like I've seen her a lot, and he yeah. calls her Princess, mm-hmm. and she plays Cinderella later in Once Upon a Time. I thought mm-hmm. that was funny. Yeah. Um, also, Logan, she says something about like 
you need to get your frog on this lily pad. And I was like, lily pad? Really, writers? What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Logan continues to flirt over some cotton candy and then convinces her to ditch her friends. Later, we see them hanging out in a bounce house. And then at the end, Logan gets the promise of a date and a kiss as her daddy picks her up. And it's (gasps) Dr. Tom Griffith. Uh, And you're like... This poor girl has mm-hmm. no clue. He is using her. She is in for a heartbreak. Well, I mean, he, mm-hmm. I mean, skip ahead to the next episode where, um, when Hannah finally confronts Logan about it, he's like swears that he didn't know who Hannah was before her dad picked her up. Do you do you I, think that's a no? Lie? I think that's a lie. I think he, I think he planned this. He went after her, wooed her, charmed her, but I think he did fall for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think he did. I think it was planned, but I think he did. He did end up liking her a lot in the end. Well, I mean that is pretty devious if it's true that he planned it completely from the start. But it's also like pretty coincidental if he didn't. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that's uh-huh. a little bit like, oh man, really? We're supposed to believe that? So yeah. It kind of sucks that Logan tells her this. Maybe maybe he'll tell her or maybe Veronica in, a de- in another episode that, you know, it was a setup all along. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe he'll confess. All right. So we should get into our main plot, which is the carnival heist. Um, and I swear, this and the, the pizza thing, it's like how many different things can happen to raise enough red herrings in one episode? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how did all these kids plan plan this stuff out at the same time? I don't know. We'll talk it through. Okay, so <laughs> uh, there's a there's a trip over the senior debates. There's a debate over the senior trip, rather. <laughs> <laughs> Catalina or Magic Mountain? You know, the yeah, upper the, class versus uh, the lower cast. Yeah, yeah. The rich kids want to go to Catalina, and the poor kids want to go to amusement park. Yeah, and um, twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, oh man, this is another thing. Um, all right, let, let's, just, I'm, let's just talk it. I'm going to talk it through so I can get okay, all my thoughts together. Okay, because I don't really understand. <laughs> all right, was so, there ever really $12,000? That's the thing. I don't know. Was Miss Hauser <laughs> making it up so she could get a ton of money on it? Also, they, but they, also, listen, remember last episode, uh, not, yeah, last episode, mm-hmm. Weevil's Motorcycle got taken away and put in the water and right. he had to ride the bus to school. Right. And then in this episode, he comes to school in a new hoopty. Hoopty. Yeah. Hoopty. <laughs> I don't know what that word is, but uh, if you want to use it, it sounds fun. <laughs> Should I Let go- me Google it. I don't want to Google hoopty. I'm afraid of what I got. Hoopty car. Hoopty car. <laughs> Numerous slang terms are used to describe such cars, which vary by country and region, including hoopty, Jalopy, shed, clunker, lemon, banger, bomb, beater, rust bucket, voodoo, wreck, bucket, death trap, disaster on wheels, rattle trapper. It, it, okay, not necessarily a hoopty. It's not a hoopty. It's an old old car yeah. that is restored. I mean, it's. Pr- I don't like old cars. But if you like old cars, it was pretty. It, was a, it looks a like green a boat, color. but it's also like really shiny. <laughs> Yeah. Looks like a classic, you know. Like it just had a paint job. So maybe there actually was twelve thousand dollars because the thing that thing that like su- 
made me suspicious of whether or not it was $12,000 is when it's stolen, Hauser says that it's $12,000 missing. And Veronica is me like, what? That much money? Like, and it's true, like, it seemed like the carnival was kind of early in the day. $12,000 from a bunch of like, you know, carnival games. And I mean, maybe there's some admission involved, but Mm -hmm. any carnival I've thought of, like, they get you at the games. They don't, they let you don't they let you just kind of walk in? Maybe you have to pay pay a price, pay a price mm-hmm. to walk in. Uh, a small fee to get in, yeah. and then tickets to ride the rides and extra for the games. Yeah, yeah. well, but yeah, twelve thousand dollars is a lot of money. <laughs> and so, so the the money goes missing. Clemens is like, we got to search lockers, and we're going to set the metal detectors up at the exits. And- no. But but first off, oh god! First off, Veronica was like, "We need to we need to make everybody go through the the uh, metal detectors." And then and Clemens was like, I, I, "Wait, wait, wait! Now I'm the principal here. We're gonna make everybody." Oh go yeah, yeah, the that's metal. right. It wasn't his idea. It was Veronica's. But it was funny because I wrote I just wrote down right after all this, like, yeah, there's no way like a person that would steal steal that much money in cash wouldn't just immediately leave, right? <laughs> Obviously, they'd just be hanging around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just funny. It's like it's automatically assumed that we put metal detectors up. That way, the cash never leaves, and then we have all this time to solve this mystery. But really, I think if you stole twelve thousand dollars in a cash box, you would get the heck out of there. <laughs> yeah, and you would ditch the metal box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, but also we have this cute little scene where Logan and Veronica. You know, you're like, oh, God, they're still just so cute together, even though they hate each other. Because <laughs> she's like, he pays her. He's, he's like, give me whatever. Oh, yeah. The turns 50. my mouth blue. And he gives her the 50. And she was like, there's a $50 bill. Wow. Yeah. And that's where I'm writing in my notes, like $50. Very, very important. You know? And so when she comes. Okay. Oh, I should just talk through this. Okay. There's the Jackie plot kind of goes on through this because uh, Madison accuses Jackie because she didn't want Jackie to even be there. Um, yeah, and and the people in the parking lot are kind of jeering at her. Kind of, uh, I, th- I think Dick is is it Dick or they're like you know just saying things like how can you show your face here? Your dad yeah. is a an accused mass murderer. <laughs> And, yeah, Madison confronts her, you know, how can you show up and you're going to run things. And Jackie's like, yeah, that's my whole plan. My (laughs) whole plan is to run things. Saying it sarcastically, but later on, Madison tells the teacher who she's teacher's pet of and says, uh, you know, Jackie confessed that she had a plan to (laughs) – I love when she she accuses Jackie of lurking nearby and she's like, oh, you mean standing while black? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, also in the in, in the game here we have Weevil who lost his gang but grew uh, grew some hair and a niece, <laughs> Ophelia, um, and uh, yeah it is kind of sad like Veronica immediately goes to him and then has to search her little bag you know her little backpack and you kind of are irritated at Veronica for doing such a thing you know mm-hmm. profile but it turns out <laughs> her weird. her uh, you know her first. Uh, what am I trying to say? First, uh, intuition. Her, instincts. Yeah, her first instincts was right. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, Terry's getting the box open, and Beaver says that Jackie borrowed a screwdriver, and it turns out that she was scratching out an insult in the bathroom. 
and she's getting changed into her swimsuit because uh, she's not ru- determined. She's determined not to let the rumors get the best of her, and uh, she just basically decides to make a martyr out of herself. Yeah, th- I think this is amazing acting by mm-hmm. uh, Tessa Thompson. Thompson, <laughs> <laughs> because I think that this whole episode, she's just um, just her demeanor is so. I, I, I can't explain it, but, and then she tells Veronica, yeah, like you took the accusations against your dad lying down. Mm-hmm. And, and there is a bit with the, um, dunk take, there's a bit of this like self flagellation thing, like this self, uh, like a punishment. Mm-hmm. Like she did something when she didn't, but, and then there's this whole, just this, this whole shame and judgment and, Throughout this school, through all these episodes, this these people at this school are the worst. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> they really are. Once somebody like, is like the center of public shame, like they really get the shit out of the state constantly. Yeah, like I know high school was terrible, and you get this feeling of being, uh, you know, judged, and you're you're all, always comparing yourself to other people at that age. But God, this is just just the worst. Yeah, and. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's Veronica last season. You know, Veronica still become it's still a pariah, but, you know, Jackie is taking the 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 public flogging in this episode. Yeah. And I think her she's just determined to like just get it over with. Just get it over with and then let me get back to my life, you know. Um and yeah, Madison is in prime Madison in this episode, just that whole scene where she walks up and just pushes the button, you know, and you can tell that Jackie is like freezing up there. Yeah. And then time is passing by. Mm -hmm. Like it goes from daytime to nighttime. Like she's been doing this for hours Uh (laughs) and it's getting colder and colder in which, you know, it's Southern California, but it's winter time in Southern California. Yeah. So that's like a cool 50, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, so we also have another suspect that pops up who is Thumper. He really wants to get in that ball pit. And, uh, um, and then so Veronica makes it, makes it, makes them empty the ball pit, which upsets all the children. (laughs) But then, uh, Clemens is given video footage and it's like commercial break. And then they show, they, they do the lineup. They bring Jackie, Veronica, Madison, JB, Weevil, Ophelia, and Dick into his office. So watch this footage that basically shows nothing. (laughs) Like it shows that Jackie might have had her hands down over a bag, but we already know that she had gym clothes in there, or like you know her clothes from her swimsuit and whatever. And Hauser, oh my God, Miss Hauser is it's the worst. Is the worst in this. She's episode. so mean. They She's really so want judgmental. You to hate her. Oh yeah, she loves Madison. She and- calls Jackie trash. Like I'm sorry, yeah. you're you're a professional. Like Clemens. Whether she's a thief or not should have, like, you know, put the kibosh on that. Like, don't call the kids that we're supposed to be teaching trash. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what the heck? Uh, like, like you're, you're setting these kids up. Like, you're trying to, you know, mm. make their future for them by what you, ugh, you know, you know what I mean. I don't even have to say it. Anyway, the, the the I love the Veronica reveals later about the fifty dollar bill. She said there was Nancy and a phone number, and it was so funny because she's tr- she even tricked me. Like 
when she said, "I know," I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that was a fifty dollar bill." Yeah, we so, saw the fifty dollar. We saw that. That was no phone yeah. number. <laughs> but I actually went back in my notes. I was like, "Oh, I forgot to mention that there was Nancy and, and, and a phone number written on it." I'll put that, and I ended up having to keep taking it back out of my notes. I'm like, "No, she was totally." Uh, so yeah, Weevil ended up having to go into this. He's trying to get um, Thumper framed by. All right, so <laughs> this is where I start getting confused. Hauser had the money, and also Thumper. Uh, so all right, so we go. To, <laughs> I, I love our listeners; they're so patient, you know, <laughs> uh, as they listen to us try to puzzle some of this stuff out. But okay, so Clemens finds three thousand dollars with the Nancy bill. And pills in Thumper's locker. Okay, so we find out that Weevil planted that three thousand dollars, and he right. and he took a fifty, and he wrote Nancy and a phone number on it. Right after he heard Veronica say that. Uh huh. Then, okay, so then, um, oh yeah, they also find this paddle with some plate numbers in Thumper's locker, and Veronica copies it for you know for later, basically, and she finds for future use. She finds an exam of Miss Hauser's, and it, we find out that JB is um, trying to get that cane style of Sheppy's. He and uh, yeah, we find that out in the, in the opening. He's uh, that Veronica is his nemesis. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "What? Who, so who the, the hell are you?" I know, right? And there's this whole thing with the Tritons streaking in the carnival, and it was to get it was to um, make Miss Hauser chase after these guys while he went and copied the quiz. But he was a dummy, and he left it in the copier. So there was that whole scam going on at the same time. And um, and then Veronica sees that there's an envelope with money in a ceiling tile. It was put there by Miss Hauser because in the glitter, there was a heel print. Like a, you know, who was wearing heels? Well, uh-huh. none of these girls in, in this <laughs> California high school probably would be wearing heels, but the adult probably was, right? We're supposed, right. We're supposed to believe that. So, okay, so... Weevil got money, and he got money for his ride, and he dropped $3,000 of that $12,000 in the locker. So where the heck did this money that Hauser had in their ceiling tiles come from? You know what I'm saying? They found $3,000 in Thumper's locker. Weevil had stolen it, put it in the cash box. That was in the cash box. So was there just like a separate cash box? Was this- I don't know. <laughs> I, you know what? You know what? I think I'm figuring it out as I'm talking it out. I think what did Hauser go around collect more money and hide it, and then come around and collect from Madison and collect from Veronica, and that was like three thousand. Yeah, I think what she did was she was collecting the money. She put it in an envelope, put it in the ceiling tile. She mm-hmm. and she had a little bit of other, some more money that was like three thousand dollars. And she, no, because how the heck did Weevil buy a car? It must have been more than three thousand dollars. But what's that money in the ceiling tile? Well, well, how did Miss Hauser? How was she going to explain the missing money? Uh, yeah, it's as if she knew it was going to be taken. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for people to email us or write in the <laughs> Facebook group or Twitter us. Uh, Listen, it's at We Don't Want Away or at iZombie Podcast. You can email us, you know, iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. Please enlighten us. Let us know what happened to the money because I'm confused. (laughs) We've spent way too much time on this. But, um, yeah. I mean, all that really matters is that we had some really nice 
scenes between Weevil and Veronica. <laughs> sure. And, and, you know, the whole thing between uh, Hannah and Logan and the whole thing with surprise Mackenzie and Beaver dating and then the whole thing with uh, with uh, that whole forgettable Dick. incident with Dick. Yeah. Well, but Dick. But the point was, Dick was humiliated in front of his, you know, the school and right. was taken down a notch. Yeah. So that's what the point was. Anyway, I'm sure we'll have more that we're, we're going to need to figure out with versatile toppings, written by Phil Clemmer. Yes. Uh, the summary here: I have Veronica is hired to figure out who is mugging pizza boys, which leads her to a bigger case of blackmail. Meanwhile, Logan uses Hannah to make her dad unhappy, and Keith tries to clear Tans's name. All right, so we should get right after busting our brain on where the money went to or where the money even came from. Um, we'll obviously be able to figure out this whole pizza delivery blackmail plot, right? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'd, uh, like, <laughs> maybe there was a copycat. I don't know. And who was Kristen Cavalier? Whatever. Cavalieri. Yeah. yeah. Who was she? Uh, what do you mean? Who was she? Mean, who, who was she in the episode? Her name was Kylie, the cheerleader. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'm going to talk this through and we're going to figure this out as I go along. I'm going to, obviously my notes are going to make it all clear to me. Okay. Okay. Uh, Corny, the delivery boy gets tased. I love Corny. <laughs> <laughs> Corny is pretty awesome. Corny, this actor uh, is not working anymore as an actor. <laughs> I'm not surprised. He might be delivering pizzas. <laughs> he is a great Corny for the show. No, but I think I he can't is... believe that he would fit in anything else. I'm fairly certain I saw him listed as one of the people returning to the for the revival. All right, so All right. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, so we have Dick opening his car door into Veronica's, and then um, he's being an ass, and then he gets harassed by Connor Kent uh, about being gay. Sorry, Kelly Cousia, we find out, is his name. Yeah. Yes, this whole, I'm ashamed, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm going to shame somebody else. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, Madison is harassing Marlena about being a lesbian that has a crush on her. And then we have Ryan from Ahoy Mateys, um, the, the, the kid who was in love with the, Oh, the brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, asking for Veronica's help. And he had a list of gay students in his wallet. These were the members of the pirate ship, the student homosexual internet posting board, I think it is. Um, yeah. So that list is being blackmailed. Um, that because, okay, so Ryan got tased. Got a list taken from him, and that pe- the tasing of the pizza boys is still going on, as well as now a blackmail plot. Mm-hmm. At this point in the episode, you're like, at least I was like, these are re- these are two things that are related. The obviously mm-hmm. the, the taser uh, is also the blackmailer. Correct, but not you correct. would think but one would yet. think right. So Veronica asked Corny and Ryan for the names of people that um, ordered but actually didn't. And uh, Corny says, you know, one of them is the, the hot girl, Amy Esparza. We never really meet her. but um, And then we see Kylie, the cheerleader, who is Kristen Cavallari uh, of Laguna Beach okay. and the Hills, uh, okay. which see, I, don't I don't know anything about. I know nothing about her. 
She had. Some, I just. She was. Pretty. I saw her name. <laughs> I saw her name in the credits, and I was looking out for and. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know her. I never watched those shows, but yeah. um, it sounds like Laguna Beach and the Hills were reality shows that. Seem yeah, very, I think so. Very much like the Simple Life, like Paris Hilton. I would yeah. say she's a better actress than Paris Hilton was for sure, definitely. Or any but of those next top still, models. <laughs> yeah, but she still has this naturalistic thing about her. This like non-actory thing about her. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying she's bad. She's just. Different than than a polished actor. Yeah, somebody who acts on the regular. <laughs> yeah, so. and um, oh crap! What was I gonna say? I was gonna say something. Oh yeah, I think that she was somebody after our time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. people younger than us would know would be very familiar with yeah, her. Yeah. Who are you kidding me? You never heard of this person? Nope. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've heard of her, but I've never seen anything. She's yeah, in. I knew the name. She That's was on all. Veronica Mars that one time. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kylie tells Veronica that she's being she blackmailed like, too. Yeah, she was like, surprise, Veronica, I'm gay. And Veronica yeah. was like, uh, 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 that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and she said, yeah, it's cool when you're in college. In college, yeah. Not- yeah, that's weird. That's this whole thing. But, I mean, I mean, it it does seem very much of the time, though. I I think uh, it is a little. It was probably harder back then to, to come out in in high school. I don't know. This was like you know thirteen years ago, maybe. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, we I'm not we sure. feel like I we wasn't in high so, school at this time. Yeah, we feel like we have so much further to go, but but a lot has changed in a very short period of time. Yeah. So Ryan gives Veronica the addresses, and then we go to Neptune Navigator TV, and Kylie is interviewing uh, Kelly Cusio, and he says he was tased, he was mugged, and he lost his rims. And I immediately was like, ah, Weevil said he was going to take his rims. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously something is something is fishy here. Right. But then Kylie comes out and tells everybody in the school that she's gay, and so is her girlfriend Marlena. So Marlena is outed. And Dick couldn't be happier about it. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not a fan of uh, being called gay, but if it's two chicks like making out, obviously that's awesome. Uh, you know? Uh, so, oh yeah, there's this whole thing where Veronica like asks for his help and he says that she's rich dude kryptonite, which I thought uh, was pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, the show is very aware of that yeah, yeah. You know. so veronica then talks to carmen and it's like hey remember when we accused that dude of being gay ha <laughs> and <laughs> she was uh she was on the uh uh i i do want to remember that yes he was forcing her he was blackmailing her with a sex tape it wasn't even a sex tape it was a popsicle tape yeah it was a very mildly embarrassing video yeah. She's like, I'm gonna ruin your life, you know. I'm gonna ruin your reputation. I'm gonna ruin everything. Um, and then she tells Veronica that she's a coconut. Yeah, I mean, consider the coconut. That's a Moana yes. joke. Um, anyway, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I don't have small children. It's a Lin Manuel Miranda track there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a good movie. I remember I had it on while I was like cleaning house one day, probably or something. But <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. So, so these are coconuts are Latinos that are like on the honor roll that are in student 
uh, or dating white people, white oh, yeah. students, or something like that. Basically, they present as brown, but they're they're white on the inside. Everybody knows it. Mm. <laughs> kind of gross, kind of thing. Um, yeah, and this is what makes Veronica uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> like, really, this is what makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, then Veronica goes after Kelly about how believable his story is, which is not believable. And then, um, so they get the, she gets, Veronica gets the list of the, uh, coconuts and says, and then talks to Corny who says he's ready to be the master of bait. Hey, yo. <laughs> well, Kuzo, Corny, what's his name? Kelly. Kelly Kuzo. Kuzo, yeah. The reason he said his, uh, rims were stolen is because he sold them real, he had to come up with Five thousand, six thousand dollars, really quick. Because he's being blackmailed. Yeah, he's being blackmailed. Yeah, we find that out later. But that, yeah, totally. Um, oh, but this, no, this, okay. this is the, this right here is where the ambush happens, where Veronica Corny and backup, who I missed, uh, trapped this kid named Arturo, who's just trying to like get him good with the PCHers by like robbing people <laughs> and so, like for his cred. Um, and then he calls Veronica a lady, which makes Veronica fire up her own taser. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, he says he did not steal any rims. He does not do any of the blackmailing. And so, so at this point you're like, oh, somebody else is doing the blackmailing. What's going on here? Um, so Veronica and Corny then tape him to a signpost for the deputy <laughs> to find. Um, and they have a whole tape of him confessing to the tasing, which is good. Cause for a minute there, I was like, are they just going to let him go? Like, <laughs> like he's not doing the blackmailing. He's been told not to that we know who is doing the teasing, but are they just going to... Anyway. Um, yeah, Veronica goes into some morally gray territory next by asking Mac to hack into the into the gay chat room to the pirate ship. Um, and it turns out that Mac is actually the one that set it all up. What? Yeah, she's the one that built it for them. Okay. You don't remember that? Yeah, she's like really concerned about keeping the users anonymous. Okay. I, I just remember she... Veronica comes up to Mac and says she wants to in that chat room. And Mac is like, oh, really? And Veronica said, no, I'm just curious. And she was like, oh, really? And she's like, no. <laughs> that was uh, amusing. Okay. And that, okay, go, so, go on. So Mac does not want to give away this, this, the this members of the secret club, you know, wants to okay. protect their identities. And Veronica's like, listen, I swear I'm just doing this to help them, you know. You know me, obviously. And so Mac does not let her into the chat, into the uh, boards, the, the chat room. She prints out the entire board, <laughs> which I thought was so funny because <laughs> it's like, okay, you're, you're printing out a website. You're telling me you're, this is what Mac okay. is doing. The, How many trees are you killing yeah. here? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Veronica tells Ryan that she suggests she suspects a user, Miss P, who vanished, and then he's like, "No, that that was uh, what's his name who died in the crash." So um, Ryan says there's another person being blackmailed, but there's no way they're going to out themselves, and uh, that's kind of a dot 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 for the future. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, there's a Ryan mentioned something about another person being blackmailed. It's kind of like a big deal. Okay. And there's no way like they'll out themselves, kind of thing. Okay. Um. So this is when the whole Kelly Cusio thing happens, and uh, he says he needed fast cash to pay off the blackmailer because he's gay, and he, he was getting emails 
And the email was from Rick Santorum. <laughs> yeah. Was that just a coincidence or was that... That was a uh, a big F you to Rick Santorum, I think. Uh... Uh, they basically did... Um, they did what they... What, uh, what Beaver did to Dick, uh, the people of Veronica Mars did to Rick Santorum. <laughs> They're like saying, this name is in charge of blackmailing uh, gay kids into outing themselves. Whereas Rick Santorum is a senator that was is very conservative and I guess is very much against the gay community. I, I He made some headlines back then. I know he tried running for president at one time, but that didn't work, obviously. But... Um, Oh, it, it, I get all terrible. All the terrible conservative uh, candidates mixed up. Yeah, um, but it's really funny um, that they use this name because mm-hmm. I've heard in the past it's like you know if you need to use an if you are using a name on a television show you have to like clear it you have to make sure that yeah. it's all good to be used you know that's why you know several times I've like said to like like an iZombie writer, like, hey, use our names on the show. Like, kidding, like, you know, and they talk about, like, having to, like, go through a process where they send the names out and they have to get them cleared. I don't know how that how that, how that that works, but it's just funny that a name, the name Rick Santoro makes it onto the show. Um, I mean, I guess they make pop culture references, so maybe that counts as a pop culture reference because it's not actually Rick Santorum or a character named Rick Santorum. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's Kylie. It's a fake name. It's a fake name. It's Kylie. Yeah. Um, who does a fake address? So her mom works at the post office. The envelopes go get stopped because they can't go to the fake address. And before they're sent back, uh, Kylie is taking money from the envelopes um, to pay for college. But also, she wanted she didn't blackmail Marlena. Um, she that's why she outed her in front of the whole school because it would look suspicious if she wasn't being blackmailed. She didn't want to take money from Marlena for for a college fund. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's pretty much how that whole case works out. I think talking it out, it definitely made more sense to me than how it was cruising along. I mean, it it made sense. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It was just so weird. It was so coincidental that this blackmailing thing is happening at the same time as a tasering thing. Like who... Did Kylie actually taser Ryan in the first place and take that list? And then Arturo is tasing everybody else. Did Kylie pay Arturo to? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't quite get how because Ryan's talking about this list being missing. I mean, maybe Arturo took his wallet. The list was in there, and then coincidentally, like, how would Kylie know? Maybe maybe Ryan went to the chat room and was like, hey, guys, I'm, I got tased and I had a list of all your names in my wallet. And everybody's like, why the fuck would you have a list of all your names in your wallet? <laughs> Getting past that, what's going to happen? And Kylie was like, hmm, you know, and I, I know what I can do now. I'm, I'm going to black people, black blackmail people, you know? Okay. Yeah. It makes more sense to me than that. I'm still wondering where Miss Hauser got the money from. Mm-hmm. All right. Logan. Logan and Hannah smooching by the vending machine really loudly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and he runs a guy off. A guy, it, it, he, <laughs> like, gets a, he was like, yeah, strawberry soda, good choice. Great choice. Like, just intimidating to run him off so he can, they're stealing moments together. And she's like, why don't we just go get in the back of your car? Like, mm-hmm. she's, she knows that he's hiding to be with her. Right. And, uh, you know, he's he's also pretending not to know her in front of Dick. 
Oh, that was that was heartbreaking. Like I, mm-hmm. I totally feel for this girl. Definitely. Because, uh-huh. because, because, because it they in the previous episode they set it up so well with her friends standing in the background watching her and Logan together and just giggling and being so uh, happy that an O-Niner is interested in her and, you know, oh, he's such a catch. It's Logan Eccles. He's, really? so, you know, he's famous. He's rich. That's true. Wouldn't they know about Logan and his troubles with the law? Like, like it's so funny that, like, in the next episode, we see Hannah, like, watching this TV gossip show and is, like, just finding out about Logan's problems. Oh, I don't know like, if she just found out, but the community? mother, yeah. the, the mother did. The mother is like... Oh, you're this dating is him? who you're dating. <laughs> it's just funny how it does not come up in conversation with them at all. Like Hannah's like, you you didn't well, kill that guy on the bridge, right? I mean, I no, know you were in court all summer. No, she only sees you know charming, funny, cute Logan who likes her. She's she's totally forgetting about all that. She's not, she believes that he is totally innocent. Um, but he, I mean, when Hannah doesn't want to let him in, he does say that he's protecting her from his own drama, but he doesn't get any more specific than that. Um, well, but I would take it as his reputation, how people look at him, right? Be suspicious of him, not necessarily that he's admitting to anything. I just think it's weird. It never comes up. <laughs> never, you're an accused murderer. <laughs> I'm going to date you. We're having a great time. I'm just not going to talk about the fact that you got accused of murder. Yeah, she doesn't care. She's a 17-year-old girl, and he's, so. he's rich and famous and popular and an O-Niner. Anyway, Daddy is not very happy. The, the parents are divorced. Daddy is not very happy to see Logan. Um, and well, and she invites him to come over to mm-hmm. Daddy's house. Yeah. But then that's when – after that is when he – she's selling buttons or something, and he is – just totally ignoring her and uh, to Dick and telling Dick that they need to go out to do such and such and meet girls. And she's like, Oh, he is embarrassed of me. He's ashamed of me. He doesn't want to have anything to do with me in front of his friends. And then he comes to her house that night with his, you know, all hat in his hand, Mm -hmm. apologizing. Yeah. And he's even like asking her about the, you know, her father and like his divorce and what, what's, what's his, his deal is. And then later, like the Dodger catches them together and isn't happy, but he doesn't say anything. And later he like tells him to leave. And Logan says, I'll leave. If you take back that false testimony that we know the Fitzpatrick's made you make up. And, um, and then after Logan is made, it leaves, uh, the dad talks to Hannah and she tells him, she tells Logan, um, you know, she knows all about him now and he swears he didn't know who Hannah was before her dad picked her up, which <laughs> you can either believe or not believe. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe. <laughs> um, and then he starts talking about it. Her dad's on Coke and the uh, Fitzpatrick's wanted Felix dead. And that's why I, it's like, oh, now we're going to talk about this, I guess. The uh, <laughs> Hannah's very conflicted, but then <laughs> just so funny. It's like, come on. She goes okay. She goes home. She she goes to her dad's house. She picks up the phone. In the call log is River Sticks and Fitzpatrick's. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like come on. He he entered their names into the call log. Come on. 
I don't know. And then and then she goes in the medicine cabinet and finds Coke. <laughs> it was hid in something. I know, but it's like, but, what? Yeah. Why is the Coke in the medicine cabinet at all? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of ridiculous. Kind of clunky, I thought. Anyway, Hannah then tells Logan that he was right, and they are holding hands in the hallway. And then that catches Veronica's attention, and Mac tells Veronica who Hannah is. And she's like, what? More on that in the next episode, because we have more Terrence Cook stuff to talk about. Um, He can't remember what he was doing at the time of the crash, (laughs) but it turns out that he was actually at a a casino. And um, uh, Yeah, it takes a long time to get to the point that... Yeah. Uh, so Keith asked Terrence, "Where were you at at three o five or four o five on that date?" He was like, "I don't know. Where were you?" He was yeah. like, "Yeah, you got a good point. I don't know." Yeah. So, yeah. yeah and funny. so then Keith goes to the and it and there's like this shame of Terrence being at a casino because this casino owner has a ba- a shady reputation of mm-hmm. being involved in in. Uh, things and, and, and of course uh, and of course like the he the Fitzpatrick's also work for him as well you know so the Fitzpatrick's are just in all the shady stuff all around Neptune <laughs> <laughs> and Lo- Lobo Leonard Lobo has sent it, sent the Fitzpatrick's to have him pay up um so I love I love the little conversation between Keith and uh, Lobo um how he's just like hey listen you know. You gotta get me that security footage because you can't get paid by an incarcerated man. And Lobo tries like t- tempting him. He's like, "Hey, you want to open up a line of credit?" And he's like, "Nope." <laughs> and um, it's funny because then Lobo gives him a couple of tokens, which Keith goes to the tables with while he waits mm-hmm. for the security footage. And he's so like stingy with these two dollars. He's very like like he he would not be a good gambler at all. He's he's uh, he's like overthink. He doesn't want to like. Pay those two two tokens for nothing, you know, or get rid of them or risk them. Yeah, yeah. I'd be the same. And one. then and then he pick, yeah, and then he jumps up to leave when uh, you know when they they're back with the security footage and the people around him are like he was so, you know he was so cautious and then he just gets up and leaves and leaves the money <laughs> there. Leaves the tokens right there. there. Yeah, but it's just so funny. It's a, you know this is a person that knows what it's like to lose everything. <laughs> He's yeah. not going to just risk his money on whatever. And it's it's not right. even his money. It's just gifted tokens. Maybe he was just killing time. I don't know. But yeah. They give him pictures of the security footage. They won't give him one at exactly 7.03, which doesn't prove that Terrence was there at 7.03. Um, so he gets on his cell, but the floor manager tells him that this, they jam cell phones within a 100-yard radius, I should say. And so Keith's like, Tells Lamb that Terrence couldn't have made the call from the casino. He was in he was in Lobo's office, or actually tells uh, Terrence this, and Terrence says he was in Lobo's office, and he's you know, so that's probably why the footage wasn't recorded because Terrence wasn't on camera, and he was. I'm sure Lobo doesn't have cameras in his office, so. Mm-hmm. But Terrence is now worried because you know. Okay, prove that I was in Lobo's office. Yeah, but that means that he was doing some sort of shady dealings with Lobo. And he could be the next Pete Rose. So um, uh, Keith tells Lamb to announce that Terrence, Terrence's name is cleared. Lamb refuses to budge. He's like, hey, there could have been pay phones. There could have been, you know, he could have used a office phone, something. And then Keith pulls the recording of Lamb intimidating Terrence. And Lamb's like, go ahead. 
let everybody know about this recording, Terrence would lose more than me. And you know, just like totally calls his bluff. Mm-hmm. And Lamb is an a-hole. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. But meanwhile, Jackie is hanging out with Veronica and um, they end up going to uh, Terrence's – the hangar where Terrence keeps all his cars. And uh, when they drive – I guess they're going together to Wallace's game, but we don't really see much more than that. Yes. Veronica wanted to ride – on the bus with the basketball team to take pictures. Right. The coach wouldn't let her, so Jackie's like, "Ride with me." So right. they go to the hangar. It's uh, own. This is uh, Goodman. What's his name? Woody. Woody Goodman's hangar, where he keeps his cars. And they pick out. <laughs> Veronica pick out picks out one that's um. What does she say? Upper crusty. Yeah, it looks like a Rolls. I don't know. I wasn't. I'm yeah, not good with cars. I think so. Um, but yeah. Um. Uh, they get back and there's some sort of, what is there, like a noise or something? They, Veronica has to f- go find a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. And she comes across C4. And Jackie gave back the screwdriver that she took from Beaver, so she doesn't have it. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so funny. It's like Jackie and screwdrivers. Um, but yeah, she finds C4 and detonators and Keith. So Veronica tells Keith, and this is the thing, Keith is like, I don't care that it makes Terrence look guilty. It's the truth. Right. Yeah, and so tells much for my gut. About it. That's what he says. So mm-hmm. much for my gut. All right. Well, we'll get to that part. As soon as I uh, let everybody else know about uh, our friends at TV Time. And uh, if you want to join a global community of TV watchers where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming, download the TV Time app today. And you can go to tvtime.com to find out more about this app. Um, it, I'm so glad that they have our podcasts um, on their app. It's really cool. Um, and I think people should check it out. Um, also, we're a part of the TV Talk Network. That's at tvtalk.fm. All right. So uh, the next episode is The Quick and the Wed. Written by John Surge. Uh, Veronica goes looking for a missing bride while Keith runs into another wall trying to help Terrence. Meanwhile, Logan gets in deeper with Hannah while, uh, that's what she said, while Kendall uses her assets to advance Beaver's company. That's also what she said. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was a, that was kind of a reach. Uh, but anyway, we should get back to the Terrence stuff because that's, that's uh, I just wrote more Terrence stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's innocent. This is such like time wasting. Ah, yeah. Where, uh, I'm telling you. All right. So uh, uh, Lamb is his super sarcastic self. Totally blocks Keith from investigating further, and he, uh, you know, Keith can't even get into the crime scene. And he notices there's a custom detailer truck. So um, while Lamb is calling a press conference and. And uh, accusing Terrence in the media that he that Terrence is wanted for the murder of the kids on the bus and the explosives that are found. Um, Keith goes to Magic Touch Detailing, and the guy there says he does monthly detailing. The cabinet usually has chamois, which, by the way, that was a new word for me. I've heard the what? word. I've heard really. The, I've heard the word chamois. Uh-huh. I had the sub- subtitles on, and I was like, "That's how you spell chamois." <laughs> I would just spell them S H A M M Y S or I E S chamois, but chamois are spelled C H A M O I S, like chamois. Oh well, it's French then, isn't it? Sure, I don't know. I just never seen the word chamois. 
Oh, I probably hadn't either. <laughs> now that you mention it, I probably never saw it. I, I mean, I I thought you didn't know what a chamois was. Oh, I've heard it before. Okay, I didn't. Uh, you know, the chamois. That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> But they don't spell it C-H-M. Wow. <laughs> maybe it's a subtitle thing. Maybe it's a... Maybe the subtitle person was French. Mm. Maybe the subtitle person was uh, Canadian. I'm surprised you're not Googling already. <laughs> the Google machine has to come up for this one. Because I'm telling you, this is a new word for me. <laughs> <laughs> Again, apologies to our listeners who are just like, what the hell, guys? Um... Google says, oh, immediately starts showing drying towels. An agile goat antelope with short hooked horns. <laughs> nope. A type of soft, pliable leather now made from sheepskin or lambskin. That's right. So a chamois is a goat, and it's also the skin of a goat. Creepy. I'm going to clean my car with some human. Try human today. <laughs> Get some hum wow from your local cannibal. Anyway, uh... <laughs> Um, so Keith asks Lamb that it's weird that explosives would be kept in the cabinet where they would be found by a detailer because, you know, like the detailer is like, I'm in there all the time, you know, like once a yeah, month. Why would I would have saw it. So obviously it's been planted. But Lamb breaks mm-hmm. the news that Terrence was breaking into Miss Damas's uh, family home and they caught him breaking in and uh like i don't know shot, shot him. him shot him yeah he was in surgery i know i was like that's we- that was weird to it, it happened off camera just to hear about it that was weird again it's like the family of this person you saw for two quick scenes in the season premiere remember her oh man she had such a fatal attraction on terrence and blackmailed him oh we'll tell you all about it <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's so it's so weird. There, you know, there have been a couple of times. I mean, with the pirate, the Ahoy Mateys kid, like it's just like learning about these people on the bus that we never. I mean, that kid we didn't even see. I mean, so we, at least we saw Mister Mass Tomas. Sorry, I'm not Dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, um, so that's it for that. Um, my next thing I have written down here is uh, you know, like Eccles and Casablanca's drums. So. I put I lump these all together because they kind of um, like cross over each other. So, mm-hmm. so we see they're doing the Tinseltown Diaries. It's like a TMZ special all about Aaron Eccles and his family. And Dick is happy to watch. Logan not so happy. It's just so funny to see like a news media talking about these fictional characters we've been watching. I just love when this happens on a sh- on a show or in a movie. You know? Yeah. And also, was that Harry Hamlin narrating that? <laughs> I swear. Maybe. It sounded like it. I love the fact that they used footage from Clash of the Titans. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so everybody's seeing this. I mean, Hannah's mom's not happy. Um, and then Aaron is on there, like, saying, listen, I'm innocent. Hey, those sex tapes are missing, you know? So who's to say they even exist, you know? And then he's then he bl- blames Duncan Kane. So. Oh, yeah. He's had... Violent tendencies and mm-hmm. and mental issues. Um, so Veronica, next the next part of this, we see uh, Veronica calls Logan out about Hannah, and Logan just says she's jealous. So is she jealous? Um, no, <laughs> no, she's no. really concerned that he is taking advantage of this poor little girl right. whose father is the uh, the witness to the crime he's being accused of. Right. 
Then we go to Beaver slash Cassidy making some major deals, needs more capital. It's got this kind of creepy elevator ride with Kendall where Kendall's <laughs> – well, first off, Kendall has gloves on, which when I see anybody with gloves on on television, I immediately think she's involved. She's up to something. She's going to, you know, oh, yeah. be involved in a heist or no fingerprints. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there. I don't know what's going on. Maybe Kendall business. has a missing finger. She doesn't want anybody to know. What's that from? <laughs> that does sound like something. I don't know what I'm referencing, <laughs> but I'm referencing something. Uh, um, yeah, there's something going on. Kendall is everything is in Kendall's name. Yeah, Beaver Cassidy. The, Beaver Cassidy is very smart. Uh-huh. Cassidy is going to uh, fool everybody. Everybody, he, nobody expects Cassidy to be as smart as he is. Uh-huh. He's got everything in Kendall's name, and everybody, all the. Uh, all their investors think that it's Big Dick pulling all the strings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's ran off, so. Um, and Beaver is telling her not to think, which makes me kind of like. I mean, Kendall kind of sucks, but I just don't like these him, him and Dick talking to her like that. I just <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it is very. She's she is extremely sexualized, uh-huh. but she. Uh, Kendall is also a character who she's not stupid. Right. She she as has a brain see. in her head. As we see. Yeah. Yeah. Kendall reminds him that everything's in her name, like you said, and Beaver like kind of smirks and agrees with her as he's walking off the elevator, and we're just like, like he has a plan. So yeah. Uh, but we see we see in these little quick little uh, scenes of the uh, FBLA club that Cassidy is kicking everybody's butt in investing. Yeah, I was like, where is Beaver's uh, score? I don't, oh, Cassidy. Um, yeah, way <laughs> up there at the top. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Cliff is telling Logan that he should plea. He'll get a reduced sentence of, you know, get it knocked down to two years. The jury's against him. Nobody likes him. Cliff doesn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, juries love to convict smug rich boys. But... Two years. You murdered somebody. <laughs> you murdered somebody, and you're going to get just two years. Yeah, right. Uh, so, meanwhile, Kendall goes to the jail, offers Aaron, um, you know, that they can get rich, and Aaron does a uh, really creepy Hannibal Lecter quid pro quo. Yeah. And Kendall, uh, you know, flashes her cleavage a bit, and uh, that puts uh, Aaron back on his heels. And he's like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'll deal, you know, and then he starts, she's like, but you have to visit Logan's hotel room for me. Yeah. Oh, she's like, oh, maybe, maybe I I think I can find it. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm not there all the time. Uh, Meanwhile, Logan's being spit on by some Latino boys. Um, Uh, What was up with that? Just that he murdered. He murdered one of theirs. They're just walking around free. Um. Hannah's mom finds Hannah goofing with Logan. Logan asks to use the computer, and he takes Hannah's mom's email and emails Dr. Griffiths that condoms were found in Hannah's room. And um, meanwhile, Hannah's mom is telling Hannah that Logan is a phony, and she's defending him. And so mm-hmm. they they leave, and she really well, which to- but also there's this um, the mom has a resentment towards men from going through the divorce. Right. She's taken her uh, maiden name back. So that was pretty uh I mean, if he was, if he was a cokehead working with the Fitzpatricks, I'm sure he was a scumbag. <laughs> but who knows? Is 
is Veronica Mars also profiling divorced women? Like all women that get divorced are either, uh, you know, drunken layabouts or they're like uh, Veronica's mom is drunken thieves or are they like super bitchy like Miss Hauser and uh, Hannah's mom? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess Alicia wasn't. Alicia wasn't. So. No, but it – what happened to Alicia? She's allegedly still on the show somewhere. Wallace is here. His dad, Black Lightning, went off to defend Chicago. Um, I don't know where where she is, but she's somewhere. Are her and okay. Keith still together? I don't know. Didn't he end? He ended back up with her after when Veronica told her mother to leave. She went yeah. to the hospital to take care of him. Right. Oh wait, and then, then, then Black Lightning. But then came out. Black Lightning, and he found out that she was lying. Uh, you know, her next she's changed her name yeah. and all that. So she wanted her okay. privacy, and then he just stole all their files. Yeah, yeah, they're over. Oh, that's too bad. Okay. Anyway, back to this. Back show. to Hannah. <laughs> Hannah and Hannah's defended. Well, but also a teenage girl. You know, if their parent. Is like, don't see that boy. She's going to defend Logan. She's going to see him anyway. You know, she's going to do the opposite of what her parents. Oh, she's going to have sex with him. And oh, Logan, yeah. Logan thinks about it for a minute. And then he's like, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> good old Logan. Uh, uh, meanwhile, uh, the te- yeah, we go to the FBLA class and the teacher okay. tells us all about Palo Alto. And how, yeah. you know, we find out what could happen with Neptune, which is, uh, um, you know, there was a wall between the classes. The land outside the incorporated area became worthless and crime ridden. And Beaver's yeah. like, quickly taking notes. <laughs> so, but, and also, like Google and uh, Apple, you know, these, they build these huge. Complexes where they're they they feed their employees, they house their employees, and these cities give them huge tax breaks to come build there, and thinking that they, that they're going to get you know a lot of revenue from the employees, but the employees don't come outside to eat because they're fed by the by the company, mm-hmm. and so the, yeah, and then uh, housing prices are, go up, you know, like San Francisco is the most expensive place in the world to live. And, so, you know, technology, <laughs> capitalism. But there is 57% support for Neptune's incorporation. So um, who knows? Um, mm. Beaver, I think, is planning for it, planning on it. <laughs> um, and the last part of this whole plot is uh, Kendall tries to get Logan to sell away, sign away his, uh, his burned-down estate, I guess. Um, and... Uh, Dr. Griffith then comes over to talk to Logan while Kendall's there. She goes in the other room and she steals hair from the shower drain. Oh, is that what I thought she I didn't know what she was doing. I had to I had to I was like, what the hell is she doing? I rewound it and then rounded it. I was like, oh wait, that's a drain. This is a shower. I was like, she's trying to get into some safe. Oh my god, she's stealing money. No. <laughs> Well, I don't. I thought, oh, she's bugging the bedroom, but that's no. that's uh, Duncan's bedroom. Nobody's there, so this must be Duncan's shower. And uh, yeah, it, I mean, it'd be really funny if Kendall ended up taking some of her own hair because <laughs> <laughs> I remember her using his shower. Mm-hmm. So uh, then Griffith tells um, Logan that his testimony will go away if he stays away from Hannah. So. Yes, and Logan is visibly both relieved 
and sad that it's over with Hannah. Yeah, he likes her a lot now, and you know, mm-hmm. probably a really a lot after having sex with her. And <laughs> you, know, um, you know, he's he's not a complete he's he's not a complete asshole. He's not somebody who's going to be like, well, I did have just I just had sex with her, so she's worthless to me now. So you know, I think he really right. likes her. Mm-hmm. All right, a last the last thing we have to talk through is this uh, runaway bride case. Okay. Which, wow, the deleted scenes for this case. There's like a whole other plot. I'll I'll get into it once once we get to the part. But I know I was like, there's a fax machine. There's Michael Osiello. What is going yes. on? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's just talk immediately about Michael Osiello. And uh, I have a quote from him, uh, which I'm not sure is mostly bullshit. <laughs> Or maybe he's his. He likes to joke about things like this, but I guess right. His sense of humor—it's hard to tell what's fact and what is a joke. So, did you recognize him, or did you? Oh, immediately. Oh, and uh, like I remember. I remember. You know what? I think he was doing a podcast at this time. Uh huh. I don't know. And he would talk about set visits and yeah, and and things like that. I've and met I, I've met him, and I was like, that guy looks so familiar. But I don't. I I. I until I looked up trivia, I was like, oh, that's why I recognized him because I've met him before. Well, I knew, you know, when she's uh, part of this scavenger hunt was to collect somebody's, some man's underwear, and they were panning over to him. I was like, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? <laughs> oh, my Cossiella. <laughs> okay, so here's a quote from him. There's some, the, uh, uh, Wait, where did you meet Michael Cielo? Oh, uh, it was at uh, San Diego Comic Con. I was I, I got invited, luckily with the media junkyard guys to a uh, that's an old podcast I was on. People who don't know me from there, um, uh, we got invited to an EW party uh, for Entertainment mm. Weekly, and so um, cool. yeah, like. It, <laughs> And my wife was my wife was with me. She was just like, "Holy cow! Do, did I hitch my my wagon to the right guy? I'm going to like, Hollywood parties with this guy." Um, anyway, uh, was this one on the boat? No, no. It was a uh, it was a party where there were other like uh, online journalists there. I, I I met him for a quick second. I was you know I just immediately recognized him because this faces on all his like columns and stuff and i was mm-hmm. you know i i think i just kind of like was like hey how you doing i'm really glad to meet you nice articles yeah yeah i also met uh dalton ross and yes, i met him uh, who was the big lost recapper from ew as well oh i know who you're talking about you know what i'm talking about he's the I, one who's his wife died. I spent a lot of time talking with him because I was just like, dude, I read so much of your stuff and God just blows my mind that, you know, talking about Lost and stuff like that. So, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a little like a EW, like uh, Hollywood kind of party. They had like, I met Jerry O'Connell there too. <laughs> I tell you about that story. No. Oh my God. Okay. So sorry. Sorry, listeners. Side tangent. <laughs> So um, my wife and I were like standing, like holy crap, it's Jerry O'Connell! Like, hey, you know, we we got him come over, like, hey, nice to meet you, and he was really nice. So we he like shook our hands, and and um, I was like, can, you, can I take a picture of you and my wife? And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And I took a picture of them, and I don't know, like the face he had in the picture was just kind of like this kind of like half smile, kind of like or. 
I don't know, it was kind of dorky. And I started laughing at the image on my camera because it was like a digital camera. And mm-hmm. and he's like, why, 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 why? And I was, I was like, oh, no, man, the, you're facing this. I should retake this. And he, he looks at it. He's just like, dude, that's, that's just me. Like, what? Like, and I was like, oh, no, no, it, it looks great. <laughs> and I just kind of left it at that, you know? Oh, my gosh. I felt I, so embarrassed. See, if, it, if, it had, if it had been me, I don't care how bad it would have looked. I would have just said, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't know. I was kind of like, oh, this guy is going to totally think he t- I took a bad photo and he probably would want to take it again because that's just, you know, what you do. If mm-hmm. you're, but he was confused. Just like, that's a good photo. photo. What's, is there something wrong with my face? <laughs> you know? Anyway, I got to that pretty quickly and he, he walked away probably pretty quickly as well. <laughs> uh, anyway. <clears throat> All right. So back to Michael Osiello. Okay. So I have a great quote from him. Um, they, they asked him in the column. Which was the better guesting experience, Veronica Mars or Gilmore Girls? So, spoilers for me. Oh, spoilers I don't remember. for me. I, I can't remember off the top of my head where he played. Where he? I guess around this appears. time he he appeared on Veronica. He appeared on Girl, Gilmore Girls, and he also appeared on Scrubs. Um, so, and I, I think he's in the Veronica Mars movie as well, or maybe he's in mm-hmm. the revival. I saw I saw some stuff on his credits. Excuse me. So he says. Please don't make me choose. Okay, Veronica Mars wins, but only because they gave me, pause for dramatic effect, my very own trailer. I kid you not. In case you live on a really big soundproof rock, I landed on Mars San Diego set Friday morning to tape my role as blushing guy in episode 15. (laughs) It's all a part of my bid to take over the world as a big behind the scenes feature coming up in TV Guide magazine and on TVGuide.com. Who the heck is Blushing Guy, you asked? He's a pivotal character who finds himself pulled into a bachelorette party being thrown by, uh, being thrown for, spoiler alert, the sister of Wallace's new girlfriend, Jane, at Java the Hut. I initially thought Veronica was the one throwing the party, but she just happens to be working at Java that day. Still, Kristen Bell, a.k.a. my new best friend, was in the scene and we did get a chance to bond between takes. Alas, I don't have any speaking lines, damn you SAG rules, but I do serve a very specific purpose. Hence, something happens at the party that makes me blush. And not to toot my own horn or anything, but when I finished my scene, the cast and crew gave me a standing ovation and I was immediately nicknamed Two Take Mike. The whole experience brought my new best friend to tears. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's... That's very extra. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really hoping I, I, number one, I I guarantee like, oh, maybe, maybe if they just like knew Michael Osiello, they know he's a big supporter of the show and we're just like trying to give him the experience, you know, by giving him a standing ovation. It's just as a guy that kind of like waves (laughs) in the background. (laughs) I mean, I know in, in television, everything moves very fast and having even a few seconds of screen time is a big deal, but (laughs) they gave him his own trailer even. And he wants to drum up support for Veronica Mars. He feels very, at the time he felt very, uh, you know, obligated and Mm -hmm. loyal to the show and was just wanted to get more eyes on the show. But, oh my God, that is a huge over, (laughs) over exaggeration. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, there was another quote I didn't copy down because this is just so much, but like he said that he like got in contact with Rob Thomas 
um, before the episode aired, and they he said that it was such a great performance that it's definitely going to make the cut. You know, <laughs> oh, so okay. I don't know. It's just kind of like I don't know if he was kind of joking. Like it's just me waving <laughs> and smiling. Yeah, I mean, as far as being a blushing guy, he nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> I think he was blushing. He was definitely smiling. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's start at the beginning of what's happening here. This is a bachelorette karaoke party at the hut, and it's so funny because I'm immediately like, who would have their bachelorette party at a coffee bar? And I was like, maybe the karaoke is a draw, and it turns mm-hmm. out that, yeah, that's pretty much it. They're, it's the beginning of a scavenger hunt, and the first thing to do was karaoke, and then they were supposed to talk a guy out of his underwear, who is Michael Osiello. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good idea, scavenger hunt. But I was also thinking, like, man, what Heidi is looking pretty smashed, and what's going on here? But then we see her friend pouring alcohol into her coffee. So, uh, so uh, Jane then tells Veronica the next day that her sister's missing, and Wallace thinks she's just being a dingbat as always. Hey, Jane? Yeah, because they do set it up that. Heidi, yeah, is she's very flighty. She's very hey, that rhymes. Heidi is flighty. She's very... Um, Does she do Pilates? Sort of <laughs> she, She's very um, go with her gut, just do what she wants, just not an organized... Because, yeah, when we see her apartment, her apartment is a wreck. Right. So, I mean, for a character that has such few speaking lines, she's a very well-formed character in our mm-hmm. mind. We can we know her very well. Yeah, I mean, we get the scene with her friends talking about how impulsive she is, and I, I impulsive—that's the word. Very yeah. impulsive. And you know, I'm I'm scribbling notes down because these—they're telling us details, and I'm like, there's no reason, no way they would just drop these without them being a part of the mystery. Yeah, this girl but Kim. They do. That it, none oh, of it makes any None of it matters. Well, hey. some of it does. The, the I mean, tattoo does. The tattoo does. The fact that this kid, girl Kim, lost her phone. They talk yeah. about the dude following her at the Happy Horseshoe, and that's where the girl lost her phone. And then they mentioned yeah. this. Yeah, but also, also, why did they bring up that the mom fell off the roof trying to put up a satellite dish? Yeah, I don't even remember that. Yeah, they mentioned that, and that's when Veronica's that's like, oh, "Oh, okay, okay, get back on back on subject." That's right. Oh, yeah, they also <laughs> mentioned like a, a strip club they went to, all male review, I should say. Yeah. Um, so Veronica goes to the apartment. There's two wine glasses. One's broken, and a cell phone charger is left behind. So um, then she finds that Heidi made three withdrawals at three different ATMs, the maximum amount, and her car was abandoned in the parking lot. Veronica makes a missing persons call, and of course, the Neptune police don't want to actually do their jobs. Um, so it's up to Veronica. <laughs> The high schooler to do their job for them. Uh, but also, you know, this woman is a grown woman. Yeah. <laughs> and like Keith says, you know, most of the time it's just cold feet. It is a bit suspicious, though. I mean, I'm still not sure why she went to three different ATM machines and took out the most she could out of her accounts. <laughs> that it seems suspicious, though. Like, hey, could you check the ATM cameras? Well, all of it seems suspicious, but in the end, she explains it all. It's right. not as suspicious as it seems. Do you know why she took that much money out of her ATM machine? Or th- three different ATM machines, I should say? Because I'm what? still not sure about that one. <laughs> I mean, just because she was going out of town. I don't know. Yeah. Like it, 
the maximum amount, like what is that? Like hundreds of dollars, two hundred fifty dollars, five hundred dollars, thousand. Um, my bank is four hundred dollars a day. So why would she need like twelve hundred dollars? Because she was going out of town. Unless she was planting the money in the ceiling for Miss Hauser to get set up with. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> this is all making sense. <laughs> uh, all right. So Jane looking through pictures. Uh, Heidi got two calls late at night. Soon after was the first withdrawal. And Jane identifies the bowling shirt of the stalker. So Veronica goes to bowling alley. And who owns the shirt? But of course, our friend Vinny Van Lowe. And um, she is sure that Vinny's mixed up in this and she's going to figure it out. She does a big Lebowski quote here. I didn't write down, but I, I appreciate it. Uh, something about Nam. Yeah, uh, this isn't Nam. This is bowling or something like that. Yeah, um, which is kind of funny because you know Veronica was quoting Lebowski earlier in the season. Yeah. Um, Keith says that Heidi uh, was calling her fiance, and he's sure it was cold feet. So Veronica calls Heidi's number, and it was a it's a fax machine. And Veronica tells Jane that the two calls might have been someone sending a fax, and Veronica prints the last fax, and it is. The flyer for her boyfriend's old band, or the fr- the flyer for her old boyfriend's band, I should say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and this is where um, I should say this is where a huge, uh, probably like five minutes, which is just huge in show terms, of plot gets like cut right out. Remember how in the beginning of the case, like. Veronica and Jane and Wallace were talking about like, oh my God, she's going to marry this rich guy and he can't find out that she's missing because if so, he's going to be, he's going to dump her and we have to find her before, you know, she, he finds out she's missing. Well, there's, Mm -hmm. there's this whole scene of, um, uh, Veronica and, uh, Jane going to, um, the groom's house and the, the, the parents are there and they're very disapproving and the dad is like hinting like, well, you know, a person like that, I'd probably want to get checked out, you know, if it was, if it was me, you know. And then, and then we have this other woman who is in love with the groom, but he chose Heidi over her. But, oh, this is a whole another episode. I know. And then she <laughs> like she is look she's helping out with the wedding anyway because she's a good she's a good friend of the family's. And so she goes back with Jane to Heidi's apartment. Which is a mess, and her and Jane like find these flowers for the wedding that Jane had done, or not, or that Heidi had done, or some paper, some table settings, maybe something like that. It was like a box of them, and uh, then the phone like rings twice, and then it stops, and they're just like, "What the heck?" And Jane's like, "Whatever," and then she escorts the girl out of the apartment because she's trying to like say like. Listen, my, make it make it be like, oh, Heidi's not here right now. She must be. She must be off somewhere else. Okay, she's trying she's to. She's, yeah, but that phone call was Veronica calling from outside to, and and the reason why it only rang twice is because it was the fax machine picking up, and that's when mm-hmm. it kind of cuts in to Veronica finding that fax machine. Okay, <sighs> but it's just so funny. I was like, wow, how long is this deleted scene going on for? Because it's oh, like, wow. who are these people? <laughs> um. And and it probably made the last scene make a little bit more sense when there's yeah. the dark headed girl standing next to Jane and uh-huh. the way the father like, reacted. Yep, yep. 
And Veronica kind of puts it together and like voiceover at the end, fills in the blanks. But it, with this stuff involved, it, I mean, I don't know. They probably just were running out of time with the episode. And they were like, what can we cut? This- yeah, I saw where this was the longest episode. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Osiello actually said something about um, this episode being like wildly over budget, too. <laughs> Which is, mm-hmm. which is funny, you know, because I'm like, what huge action scene or huge set piece? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, because the wedding wasn't very elaborate. It was like yeah. a little simple little setting. Uh, so Veronica finds Heidi on the bus with her old boyfriend Nick, and Heidi can't believe her family hired a barista child. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> you're a kid. I'm 18. <laughs> you're you're a barista. Okay, I'm a barista. <laughs> And Heidi is upset at Paul because she was getting – she found out some texts that uh, her friend had been sending him and uh, and then Heidi is here to comfort her old boyfriend over sick parents and then the boyfriend's like, listen, I never even sent you a fax. So. Yeah. He, uh, the the friend wasn't sending the text and he didn't send the te- the fax. So it was Vinny Van Lowe who stole the phone and and sent texts and faxes to basically test the marriage and you uh-huh. know, do that classic kind of scuzzy well, not even test the marriage, ruin the marriage for the parents. Well because I think it was the setup to test her intentions to see if she really loved I don't think their so. son. I think they hated her. They did a background check on her, found out that she was all into group, was an easy groupie, basically, as Paul calls her. Mm-hmm. And um, they hired Vinny because she's got this gigantic rock on her finger. And mm-hmm. so it's so funny because they talk it out at the wedding. Basically, they were hoping that she wouldn't show up. If she didn't show up to this wedding, they could get that family heirloom ring back. But because she does show up, it is customary that she keeps the ring. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, because those rules are very important. They are a law binding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's no way that these parents could sue to get this ring back. Uh, but yeah, Heidi leaves with the ring and uh, and her sister. And I just love how Veronica's just kind of like standing there in her normal clothes while everybody's dressed up. Like <laughs> nobody's going to say who who let this teenager in. <laughs> Uh, so Betty returns Kim's cell phone and Veronica says that, you know, he could be a halfway decent PI. And then Jane reports that Heidi and Nick are happy together. Jane starts talking about true love and Veronica says, if it comes looking for her, she'll be at the espresso machine. And in walks Logan <laughs> immediately. Oh. And he says he thinks he did something horrible. So what is it that Logan needs Veronica's help for now? It's got to be. It's got to be the whole mix up with Hannah. Hannah. He's in love with Hannah, and yet he wants, uh, and he doesn't want to break her heart. I think that's basically what it is. Hmm. But who knows? He could have murdered somebody else. I mean, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Allegedly, I should say. All right. Well, we've talked quite a while about these episodes, and uh, I'm hoping everybody enjoyed the extra long episodes, extra long podcast. I should say, and uh, mm-hmm. help pass the time. Help pass the time. When when is uh, a zombie back? Uh, May second. We should be done with Veronica the week before, and be all ready to hop right into. God, that's summertime. That's after the Avengers. <laughs> it's, uh, wait, no, no. Is that after the Avengers? Yes, Avengers is like April something. I know Captain Marvel is coming out soon. This is very March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is very anyway, important to our podcast. It's very important. 
But anyway, oh, our April next 27th. Episode, you're right. It yeah. is going to be post, post end game. <laughs> yeah. So uh, our next episodes are the grapes. No, that's <laughs> not nope. it. The rapes of Grath. Uh huh. Plan B. Uh huh. And I am God. Whoa. Okay. And that's a Diane Ruggiero episode. It says here. Uh-oh. Should be good. I always love getting. Give me. Give me at least one. One Diane episode a week. Come on. <laughs> Keep them coming. Um. But. Anyway, the other ones are John M. Baum and Dana Lynn North, and they—they've both written great apps. Great apps. Ah, they're all good. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's it. Uh, we'll see you all next week on our iZombie podcast slash We Don't Want to Wait uh, Marshmallow Crossover Spectacular. Bye. Bye.